sights to show you. Greetings, boils and ghouls, to another installment of 31 Days of Horror, where we give you some little horror treat for every day of October, the very, you know, high special month of October. I will be your master of ceremonies tonight, and I'm joined by my siren sisters, Blue Kobo and Jackie DeVore. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I felt like that needed a silly spooky hello yes <laughs> how are you guys doing pretty good pretty 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 good yeah say other than just you know getting back to work working my ass off Bleh. ew boo <laughs> it's getting a little bit cooler here this is the first week that we've not had summer days we've had some cooler days and it's been wonderful yeah that's the same here too like we actually got a little tease of it last weekend it mm-hmm. was like in the 60s here last weekend, and then by Monday it was Monday it was like up to 80 and 90 again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same for me, but kind of not the same. I mean, it's Arizona, so we're no longer in the 110s. We're <laughs> yeah. Do you guys like get autumn there? Or... <laughs> no, not really. It's just less hell. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, we. Get, I think at this point now we get like two weeks of hoodie weather, which sucks because the hoodie weather is my favorite. Oh, yes. I've been enjoying all of my sweatshirts. Oh, yeah. Weather. I can only do it while I'm inside. If I have to leave the house for any reason, nope, not so much. It's all the sweat. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten really into these, like, really plush, uh, spooky cardigans lately. But, spooky. like, um, ooh, Unique Vintage actually has uh, some really, really good ones that this oh, one. I love yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, they're so plush and just like, oh my god, so cozy. Nice. That's good to hear you recommend them because I I always get targeted ads of their Halloween stuff, of course, but I'm glad that it's good good quality. Yeah. They they do make good quality stuff. I actually got my um Beetlejuice costume from them last year. Oh, very nice. That makes sense. And like I am plus sized. I am I am quite plus sized and it was it fit so incredibly. It was so comfortable. It was so well made. Like I was fucking impressed. Like I like took a big leap in ordering that from them. And uh I seriously was so thoroughly impressed. They also have some pretty good sales. Um, like twice a year, they just have like their seasonal closeouts and you can get um some of their stuff like really cheap. Unique vintage, please sponsor us. <laughs> we love you please if you're looking for models <laughs> i've been trying to embrace the autumnness um with my quilting i bought a jelly roll a while ago called it's through the woods and um the designer is sweet fire road and it's through moda fabrics and i that sounds like a lot of gibberish if you're not into fabric but <laughs> yeah yeah my first question is what the fuck is a jelly roll so jelly rolls they take uh strips of fabric and they roll them up into a big roll so they it's like a jelly roll or um cinnamon roll or different companies will call them to call them different things but uh, most of them call them jelly rolls okay cool but yeah and it's just two inches by i don't know however long a thing of fabric is but you get a lot of diversity in just this like little package. So the Through the Woods theme has um, like there's some owls, there's some moons, there's some butterflies with some geometrical designs in the back and like a pattern that kind of looks like some snow and some 
like autumn colored leaves. And that's such a perfect combination for Mm -hmm. this time of year. Yeah. And I'm sewing it into the pattern called uh, Mother's Choice Remake. It's a pattern by Missouri Stars Company, which is like a big quilting company. Um, They have a shit ton of tutorials on YouTube. They're really easy to follow. I've watched so many sewing tutorials and I fucking hate it when they sit there and they want to talk about shit for like 20 minutes. I'm like, just fucking tell me that sew a thing. Just, just, just tell me how big, how big. I don't need your story. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about you. Just tell me how to sew the thing. I'm such an asshole about it. Like there's a ton of sewing tutorials that'll just, like they, they just plays music and then it'll show you how to like do the pattern stuff. I'm like, those, I just want those. But... <laughs> Missouri Stars Company does do a little bit of chatting in the beginning, but it's usually just like really brief. And in that, she usually just says like, oh, here's a tip or like also you get this thread or I, I don't know whatever fancy other shit. I'm totally new to it, but um, they're really good. They do really good tutorials. That sounds like so much fun. I'm excited. While we're talking about our little autumn adventures recently, Blue came to visit me earlier this month. Oh, my gosh. For her birthday. Yes. It was so much fun. Yeah, we got to hang out, watch cool movies. We got to eat yummy things. And we saw Nine Inch Nails at Red Rocks in the front row. So Oh, my gosh. Front row? It was incredible. That's (laughs) awesome. It was really incredible. It was so good. (laughs) And the best part, BFF tattoos. Yep, we finally got BFF tattoos. What and where and tell me. (laughs) (laughs) So Blue saw this design, uh, this really fantastic uh, tattoo artist that was on Instagram. She put out a flash design and she had a little jackalope on there. (gasps) And jackalopes actually like are a big thing to each of us. And Blue and I have been friends for like probably like a decade and a half now, right? Yeah. More than that. Yeah. Like, it's been forever. (laughs) And we have been wanting BFF tattoos for a long time. And we've been trying to, like, figure out what we want for the longest goddamn time. And then uh, we saw that and we're like, that, that's it. That's that's what we need. The right there. That's the one. So I went in the uh, Denver women's group. There's a, you know, little women's group here. And uh, I asked them, hey, do you have any recommendations for a tattoo artist that might be able to squeeze a couple of us in here this weekend so we can get BFF tattoos? We took the design to her, but of course, you know, she changed it up so it wasn't an exact replica. Mm -hmm. And then we got different colors for each of ours. Cute. And mine's on my forearm. And Blue's is like under her bicep, right? Uh, Yeah, all of my tattoos are on my left arm because I'm weird. I just want all of my tattoos just on my one arm. I have no idea why, but it just works that way. I don't think I realized that. Just keep them all there. (laughs) Yeah, just right there. Right there. Um, Actually, it's for a really weird reason, but I actually have a, and this, this is like, we're going down kind of a dark road, but I actually have a fear of someone coming and taking my tattoos from me. And my idea is, is that if I have, like, if they skin my skin off and they steal my tattoos, I'll just have one fucked up arm, but my other arm will be okay. And that, in your rights, you're dominant, right? Yes. Okay, so if they skin your arm, your tattoo arm, you still have your dominant arm. I feel like <laughs> yes. they would be more likely to gotcha. chop the arm off than take all the time to skin it, right? Right, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd rather have be left with a skinless arm or no arm. 
That's a bad one. You rather. This is like <laughs> one of the most fascinating fears I've ever heard for one. And I don't know what's definitely wrong with me. make a great plot for a horror story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the tattoo collector. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be something like that out there. Like, there's got to be, like, I must have read something when I was younger or something. But, like, that's right? that's the reason why I only want tattoos on my left arm. That doesn't just come out of nowhere. That had to... <laughs> <laughs> something had to happen there. Uh, the tattoo artist that tattooed us, her name is um, Anna. She actually goes by electric underscore underscore Anna on Instagram. And she she's was here in awesome. the Denver area. She was, she so was fantastic. Nice. Yeah, she was very cool, very interesting. She was very um, colorful and alternative. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so good. <laughs> November Rush is the artist's name. Uh, November Rush, uh, she's on Instagram. Her stuff is so good. It's very cute, but like just really well done, really pretty stuff. So yeah, we had a blast there. 10 out of 10. Would recommend as a best friend, but she's already taken. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was so good. That's so much fun. I had one thing that I wanted to recommend before we jump into all of our 31 days. Because um, it's something that I've been enjoying, but maybe not all the way to like fully recommend it as a day thing. But for my birthday back in June, I asked for a subscription to the cryptid crate which is one of those like subscription boxes that you know there's a thousand of them mm-hmm. and it's been really fun i've gotten like three months worth so far and the items are a little hit and miss there's like a t-shirt in every single one of them which i already have a lot of t-shirts so that's a little underwhelming there's one that has made its way into the the regular rotation though so i feel like that's a pretty good oh nice pretty right good on. hit rate And then they like have been including some books, which are fun and interesting. And of course, it's all themed to different cryptids. And, you know, for something that I got as a gift and I'm not paying for by myself, I'm like not disappointed (laughs) when the books sometimes are a little bit poorly written. Um, (laughs) But in general, it's been really fun. So if if you're a, a fan of the the crates and the subscription boxes and you want a little treat for yourself i would recommend that and it's the it's just called the cryptid crate mm-hmm. i was getting um the horror the horror uh subscription box from loot crate i was actually about to mention that <laughs> yeah and some of them were really good and some of them were really crap mm-hmm. yeah and they're expensive too. Like, yeah, I waited until I had like a coupon code because there's no way I was going to pay the full price for it. And like, I subscribed uh, sometime last year and it took damn near a year. Oh my God. They are so to slow. Get my first fucking crate. Oh, what? Yeah, wow. I kid you not. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not good at communicating. Huh. They basically just like anytime you're like, hey, where the fuck is my box? They're like, oh, check out our FAQs. And you're like, no, bitch, where's my box? <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I first started subscribing to them is they had a box where like you get so you can you can order the subscription box, which has um, a couple of items in it and then you can actually do like a bonus box on top of it and the bonus box for that month had a trucker hat and it said i break for cryptids and i was like nice. however much that is i need that right now <laughs> <I love> that. 
And I think it like the t-shirt matched it or something. Like it was a Mothman t-shirt, but I can't remember exactly what it said. But it was that they were cool. Like I was like, that looks fucking good. Nice. And they sent me the regular box without the t-shirt and the hat. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like that's the whole reason for the shenanigans. Yeah. And it it took them forever to send it to me. But thank like thank goodness they finally fucking sent it to me. And then some of the boxes have just been like really good. Like some of the things are kind of weird too. Like they sent one that had like this, it was a towel, but the artwork on the towel was so beautiful. Like I want to frame it, but it's a fucking towel. Like why would you send me a fucking towel? (laughs) It's just kind of weird stuff. Yeah, that's weird. And it wasn't supposed to be like a wall tapestry kind of thing. Like it's a hand towel. Yeah, it's it's a microfiber towel, but on one side it has this artwork and it's it's like I said, it's really beautiful, um, but it's totally not like there's no way I'm using it as a normal towel. And at the same time, if I frame it, it's like, why do you have this towel frame? Yeah, someone's sweating a towel on like, your wall. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird, but they're like they sent pins and stuff. It's cute. But yeah, I would not I would not recommend. Yeah. Good things to get as gifts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, should we should we dive right on into it? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's get spooky. Into this dang thing. We wanted to switch it up a little bit this year because this is our seventh year of doing this. And although Dang. we might not. Oh, oh, my gosh, it's crazy. And we might not be the most uh, tight, like on time and succinct, succinct podcast. But we <laughs> definitely always do at 31 Days of Four. Always do this. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's the one podcast we put out that year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will not let the October go by. <laughs> what we lack in scheduling, we bring in heart. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so this year, we, we wanted to kick off what I think we're all probably either have started or about to start our annual rewatch of this one that just gets you right into that cozy October autumn vibe and it's over the garden wall yes the songs get stuck in my head so fast and hard seriously (laughs) and that just like so much (laughs) it brings you into that autumn feel like so quick oh it's perfect so quick I was actually watching it while making soup the other day and I just felt so autumn-y. <laughs> <Aww>. The vibes. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect to play in the background. It's awesome. Um, if you haven't seen Over the Garden Wall, which is fucking baffling at this point in time, <laughs> it is a uh, a cartoon that was made in some year a while ago. Who knows? It's been existing for forever. That's how... I don't even know who it was made by. <laughs> I think it was a Cartoon Network and it's like... Uh... The episodes are kind of shorter than than normal. I think they're like 15 minutes or something like that. Yeah. It does have a star-studded cast, mm. which is fascinating. And it is the animation is just absolutely beautiful. It is so unbelievably gorgeous. And the story to it just like makes you want to read like this entire lore based around this story, you know? Like mm-hmm. You want more of the story and you want to know where this story came from. And I, I just absolutely love it. Yeah, it's creepy, but also super endearing. Yeah. On that star study cast includes uh, Elijah Wood as one of the main characters, which I always love an Elijah Wood appearance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has uh, Christopher Lloyd talking about the beast. And the beast. <laughs> Tim Curry is in there being so creepy. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, the music is wonderful. We have the soundtrack on vinyl that Mondo put out. It's awesome. Need to get that. Yes. 
Oh, it was, okay. So it was created in uh, 2014 and it was created by Patrick McHale and uh, Katie Krentz. And yes, you're right. It was a Cartoon Network thing. And seriously, it's, there's just like, there are things kind of like it. You know, there's some things like somewhat in the same genre and that they're interesting and weird and quirky cartoons, mm-hmm. but there's nothing quite like it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a perfect thing to kick it off on October 1st. Yes. Absolutely. I'll go first with my my pick of our, I think we'll just kind of go around. So the first one that I have is a short little show. I think it's maybe like four or six episodes long. It's a ghost hunting show. One of my favorite genres. Uh, It's called Ghosts of Devil's Perch. And you can watch it on Discovery Plus. And I don't know if you guys have Discovery Plus, but... They have, like, so much paranormal stuff. It's really wonderful. I love it. Do they? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And this one, it's about Butte, Montana, which is this old mining town, of course, which has old mining town history. And the town, they're trying to update the town and renovate and, you know, bring up tourism. But, of course, as they break ground on different construction projects across the town— they stir up all the ghosts (laughs) and the police keep getting called out to different, you know, sightings or break-ins or things and it ends up being ghosts and they don't know what to do. So they call in the paranormal investigators. They have two male paranormal investigators and then they have one woman who's a psychic medium. Nice. Interesting. They like work with the police. It's very cute. They, They get called in by the police to go and investigate. They go around the town and kind of clear out the different buildings. That's different. And then as they go around, they're like, you know, uncovering the history of the town and the uh, people who had, you know, the disputes over the law of the land that they were trying to get and uh, why their ghosts are still sticking around. Nice. I feel like I've watched this. Is it is it recent or? Yeah, I think it's fairly recent, like probably in the last year or two that it was came out and i think it's a discovery plus original i'm not sure i'm gonna kick my list off with hocus pocus 2 which i'm so excited i haven't watched it yet right well it hasn't come out yet it actually comes out on uh september 30th which is actually probably going to be the day that we release this episode nice (laughs) so good timing good good timing Good way to start this off here. So the Sanderson sisters are back from the grave and ready to eat more kids. And <laughs> fuck kids. I I mean, everybody, I don't know anybody that is not excited for this. I'm really <laughs> glad that it's not like a, a full remake, but uh, like a sequel. There you go. Because I feel like they, you know, there's been so many horror remakes lately. And, you know, we have conversations about that. It's not the best thing for all these remakes to happen. But Hocus Pocus is, you know, a classic in the heart of every spooky fucking child that grew up (laughs) in the 90s and 2000s, I feel. I feel like if they tried to reboot it with, like, different... If if they tried to put anybody else as the Sanderson sisters, it just would not work. It wouldn't. It absolutely would not, yeah. Um, Especially while those three are, like, still, you know, kicking around, like still acting regularly Mm -hmm, (laughs) you know mm -hmm. it would be weird yeah to be honest i do think they should have saved it for next year so that it would be the release released on the 30th anniversary oh that would have been pretty perfect yeah oh well (laughs) i don't want to have to wait another year too though so (laughs) i'm excited nice 
So my first recommendation is kind of a twofer because um, I kind of feel like it was a, like they're small. So I really like vintagey sounding Halloween music. Yes. And it's kind of hard to find. Like you don't really run into that like good mix. Like sometimes it really just feels like forced or overdone or like, okay, great. You took an old song and you just went over it. Good fucking job. No, (laughs) (laughs) but Bradley Thomas Turner has put out a song. It's called Spooky Season and it's really good. It's uh, original work by him. Um, I stumbled upon it on TikTok, but he's got it. Out. It's uh, it's on Spotify. It's on all the big music listening shenanigans. By the way, and then otherwise you can also Google it and look. It's just it's a really good song. It's I love it. I I had it stuck in my head for like a week. And then the second part of my recommendation. So her name is Emily Hopkins. On Instagram, I believe she is Emily Harpist. She plays the harp, like a traditional big-ass harp. And she's been going through and showing what different pedals will sound like on her harp. And she's been making, like, a lot of, like, spooky and weird sounds and, like, 8-bit-based kind of sounds and skewing them and just kind of showing how pedals can work with each other to make different noises. And she'll plug in multiple pedals to her harp. And it just, it sounds super cool. Lots of good, creepy noises coming out. She's amazing. She's just, like, she's just an amazing musician. Awesome. Harpist. So, yeah, check her out. Look her up and give her some views. She's amazing. Well, I'm really excited that you... Uh, recommended that song because I have some music on my list too that I was like oh, I don't know if it's weird that I put this on or not not at all no all of it all the spookiness yes I recently discovered an album called Monster Dance Party by Don Henson and the Rigor Morticians <laughs> I love it fucking love Don Henson uh, it's, it's like they took the Monster Mash and made like a whole concept album of the Monster Mash basically <laughs> It's so awesome. Uh, So if you just want like that vibe going, that like party October vibe and what this is going to be like the 4th or 5th of October, I feel like this will be a good start to get you vibing for that. Yes. And then I also, while I'm here, might as well uh, plug my own Halloween playlist on Spotify because I'm so proud of it. And I was listening to it before we started uh, recording to get into the mood it's called spooky scary just one word if you search for it Um, and i'm very proud of it (laughs) hell yeah i'm going to kick off it would be october 6th here with nope yes which is actually one of the movies that blue and i got to watch while she was in town so good this is our latest offering from the living legend that is Jordan Peele. The synopsis is that two siblings inherit a ranch from their father and start experiencing random objects falling from the sky. And they try to talk an eccentric documentarian into capturing the phenomenon. I shouldn't have to say that this stars Daniel Kalaya. He and Peele have been making the most beautiful horror pairing for the last few years. Which is absolutely 100%. They're amazing. Everything that they do, just gimme, gimme, gimme. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Seriously, they're perfect together. Yes. This is one where I saw the preview for it and I was like, man, I feel like that preview gave all of it away. I feel like I know what's going to happen. And I had no fucking idea what was going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I will avid, like, I, I will avoid trailers like the plague like i will watch like maybe the first couple seconds to be like okay i have the general aesthetic feel and then from there 
I'll determine if, if I want to see the movie or not. Because I, I feel like uh, so many of them give so much away and you're like, okay, great. And now I'm going to spend money to go to the movies or whatever. No, I'm not doing that. But yeah, I agree. This one was really good. Had really good twists. The plot, the characters alone, just like that's a definite rewatch movie just because like especially Kiki's character. Yeah. She plays it so well. Just so much fun. You just want it like you, I want to go back and catch all the little things that I missed. Yeah. Kiki Palmer is always fun on screen. Yes. But I feel like she was like really at her peak in this one. Yeah. She's amazing. So for October 7th, I'm recommending the meta Psychics. Psychic spell it, Psychic spelled P-S-Y-K-I-C-K-S. Um, nice. <laughs> it's a YouTube channel. Um, they're also on TikTok and probably elsewhere. Um, it's two psychic mediums. And they give their take on like hauntings. Like they'll sit down and they'll watch like when people go to like a haunted house or they go to Zach's Haunted Museum in Vegas. And I want to say that the a lot of the ones are they're following is like these two guys. I think they're from like a Disney channel or they look like they're on a Disney channel thing. But they go and they like they're going through like Zach's Museum and they're like, oh, here's the creepy rocking chair. Bleh. And they're trying to, like, psych each other out and whatever. And then the two psychics are, like, watching this on a TV. And they're, like, getting the readings from it. And they'll do other things, too. Like, they'll watch, like, the Amityville Horror. Like, some of the documentary ones where they go through and they're like, oh, and this is the room. And these two girls are like, they'll either be like, yeah, I don't really think that's a thing. Or they're like, oh, yeah, no, don't. Like, don't move that chair because it's that chair will happen like and they just like they talk about the things that they're seeing and feeling and i'm just such a sucker for anything that takes a psychic and either like validates it or doesn't validate it and i think it's just really kind of neat to get that kind of second take on a lot of that kind of i think i just think that stuff's kind of so fascinating yeah hard agree that's very cool this isn't on my list but have you heard the podcast oh no ross and carrie no it's it's a really fun podcast where they explore claims of the paranormal. And so they do go to psychics and they kind of break apart what's going on and the different types of psychic readings. And like it's a it's a cold reading or a hot reading or whatever. Um, and talk about the different personalities around that. All all the famous psychics. It's very interesting. Nice. I'll have to check it out. My next uh, one is actually a book that I'm reading right now. So I haven't finished it yet but I'm sure it'll keep being good. It's called Where the Footprints End, and it's by Joshua Cutchin and Timothy Renner. And it is a two-volume series of essays about Bigfoot and all of the like nice. stranger sides of Bigfoot phenomenon and reports, things that don't always get reported because it's a little bit too strange. And they talk about the overlap between Bigfoot and UFO sightings and the characteristics of Bigfoot sightings and other kinds of phenomenon like fairies or poltergeists and kind of speculating like what if these things are all one in the same or where can these, you know, what overlap is there? It's very interesting look at different kind of archetypes of Bigfoot. They try to interview people and, you know, bring in the firsthand experiences, but then also bring in local folklore and stories from from that region too to see kind of like how this is permeated throughout time. Hmm, that's cool. That's very cool. It's very fun. It's it's very much high strangeness. Nice. I like it. 
I'm going to jump to October 9th here with the movie Fresh. I don't know if you guys have seen this one, but no. this yes. is one of those movies that makes me glad that I'm married. <laughs> and not oh, dating. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Basically, a young woman grows very weary with the dating scene until she meets Sebastian Stan by chance and immediately gets digmatized. Uh-huh. Which <laughs> <He's> so dreamy. <laughs> Honestly, I don't blame her because I've had a I've had a crush on him since he was in Gossip Girl, and I'm almost ashamed <laughs> to admit that I've seen every episode of Gossip Girl. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> of course, getting tricked by the dick is never a good thing, and this goes very horribly wrong for her. Very, very, very horribly wrong for her. This is another one that really combines horror and comedy seamlessly, and I have to say, like, I had a lot of guesses as to where this was going. I was not prepared for where it was going. I really, I honestly didn't know that that's where it was going. Hmm. I wish I could give a um, a totally spoiler uh, <laughs> review of this uh-huh. because I really just want to talk about it. But <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? This one was a really fun, like, final girl kind of uh, exploration. Very much so. Very much so. It was... A lot of fun. I was I was surprised at like how much fun I was having watching it. So Aww. high recommend here. Which it's hard to have fun seeing a woman like be tortured. <laughs> I know, right? So they did a great job <laughs> <laughs> to turn that that one around. So for October 10th, I'm recommending it's a book called Body by Asa Nunami. It's actually a collection of short stories. Each story is focused around a body part that the main character has an insecurity about. These are definitely uh, cautionary tales, and it very much reads like kind of Twilight zone because of that. And um, it's really good. It's a really fast read. The entire book's only like 200 pages and uh, features five stories, face, hair, jaw, blood, and butt. I bet butt was a fun chapter. yeah these are good like i i love i'm a such i'm a sucker for anything twilight zoney or anything cautionary love that kind of stuff so this was a really good one nice well for the 11th is actually something that is a full month of october kind of recommend that i just threw on my list arbitrarily on this day um but it's actually a series of talks by rad death reads And this is a group that puts on talks and workshops around death dueling and death studies and decolonizing death studies and sharing different death practices from different cultures. And they do a lot of really interesting things. And in October, they're doing all of uh, horror themed talks. Nice. And so they they give out like recommended reading. It's a little bit... um, kind of feels like going to school which is is fun for me when it's a, <laughs> in a, a topic that I'm excited about yeah and so they have these talks every weekend um the first week the theme is the beast within week two is folk horror week three is home is where the haunt is and week four is the monstrous feminine so it's <laughs> if you want to hear really smart people talk about these really fun topics highly recommend getting on it and you can go to rad death studies on instagram and they have the link in their reg- in their bio to register for it they always put out such cool stuff like all of their class stuff looks so good and so well put together they really do 
yeah, I've done some of their talks in the past and it's been really fun. Nice. It's such a it's such a fun thing to just like sit down with my coffee and my little iPad and and watch my little uh my little class. Yeah, that's awesome. Your little death talks. Yep. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. So for the 12th, we're going with another uh recent release and that is Watcher. A couple moves from the US to Romania, the husband having a uh, romantic roots, the wife being completely new to the culture. Julia the wife played by uh Makeup Monroe is left alone in their apartment all day, with no friends, not knowing the language, and with a strange man peering into their apartment constantly. Mm-hmm. And when she starts fearing that she's being followed, everybody around her starts to think that she's going crazy, especially her husband. <laughs> what I really, really love about this is that it is told from the perspective of Julia, and it really pulls you into that perspective. Hmm. It is uh, really well told through that uh, particular portrayal. And um, it makes you have that feeling of paranoia. You know, like you can feel that paranoia building. And when people start to turn on her, it kind of feels like they're turning on you, too. So they oh, did no. a really great job with building that up, I felt. They also snagged Burn Gorman for the villain. And he hmm. is just inherently wonderfully <laughs> creepy like <laughs> i love burn gorman for how creepy he is <laughs> i love it when they i don't know if there's a specific word for it but when the person who's telling the story is where you're like questioning whether or not they're a reliable source yeah mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i really dig that if they do it well like like you're really empathizing with them but at the same time you're like wait a minute the this person is, is this off with the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Do I need to be <laughs> right. feeling this way? Like, that's awesome. Super yeah. good. Yeah. That was well done there. Nice. So for October 13th, I'm actually going to do a little bit of a kind of a throwback almost to our last year, our 31 days. On October 31st, we recommended the trilogy by R.L. Stein, the trilogy movies that came out for Fear Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently R.L. Stein is doing comic books now. And what? just Ooh, a few days ago... Cool. <laughs> he released the first book of a series called Stuff of Nightmares. It's told sort of in the, I would say, sort of like the um, Tales from the Crypt kind of platform where there's a host who primes up the story and then tells the story. So that's kind of cool. I dig it. The first story was about uh, some mad scientists and their uh, slightly not cool obsession with body parts and what they kind of want to do with that. Hmm. <laughs> Is it good. for adults or for kids? I would say kids could read, like teenage, like young adults could read it. It's not very, Classic it's not R. super R. adult. It's, yeah, it's 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 absolutely R.L. Stan. Like it totally stinks of Fear Street. It's awesome. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's good stuff. Yeah, and it's Stuff of Nightmares. And I'm not sure how many books they're planning on releasing, um, but book one was just released a few days ago. Cool. Is it like a anthology kind of thing, like different stories? Yes. Yeah, it'll eventually come together. Like, I, th- I think all the books are going to come together. And then, yeah, I don't know how many stories. But yes, to answer your question, yes. <laughs> it was a lot of words to say Very yes. Cool. It sounds like creepy comics. Yes. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly that kind of style where there's just like the host and he's style. like, look at this thing. Oh, this reminds me of a time. Let me tell you this story. <laughs> yes. Yes. So for the 14th is one that I want to recommend because I actually recently saw it. It's one that I wanted to see and then it kind of fell off my radar. It's called X. And yes. before I saw Nope, um, a trailer for Pearl played. I don't know if you guys saw that. But it turns out that X is a prequel to Pearl, or Pearl is a prequel yes. to X. They're related some yeah. way. And yeah, so Pearl's I didn't realize that. So I had to watch X first because I'm very excited for Pearl. And X was so much fun. It's about in, I think, 1979, a group of uh, very, you know, hot young people go and rent a house on a creepy old farmer's uh, property and they uh, go and rent this shack to go film a porno in it. <laughs> and uh, just, unravels into bloody gory fun as these like creepy farm couples are interfering in their porn um i love all of the 70s slasher style artwork that they put out for the movie yeah oh absolutely yeah also there's lots of titties in it blood covered yes. titties very fun Four titties are good <laughs> <laughs> this one was uh directed by ty west too i don't know uh, you guys have seen The Innkeepers or The Sacrament. Who are you talking to? Of course we have. God. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> so who are you talking to? Of course I haven't. I suck at watching things. <laughs> <laughs> but I know about it. Yes, yes. Okay, so the 15th. This is an interesting one. Studio 666. I am so excited to hear about this one. This was on my list, and then I saw you put it on your list, and oh, I was yeah. like, oh, okay, Jackie can have it. <laughs> nice. So um, I was watching random episodes of Hot Ones a little bit ago, and oh, I watched so the funny. one with Dave Grohl, and uh, I fucking love Dave Grohl. He's amazing. F- he really is. He's and the I best. love the Foo Fighters in their classic music videos where mm-hmm. they're, you know, it's a, it's an entire damn story in the music video itself, <laughs> mm-hmm. aside from the actual uh, song. Those are my favorite. So this is an entire movie like that. That's so awesome. Yeah. And Dave Grohl, like, while he was on Hot Ones, he was there specifically talking about them doing this movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was saying how, you know, they used to do um, all these great videos and they they had all the all this narrative going on. And they were talking about this uh, 10th album coming out and they were like, we should just do a whole movie. When we just (laughs) we should just do a whole movie like this. Yes, it is fantastic. I was really expecting it to be. I mean, it is. There's a lot of slapstick going on. I Mm -hmm. will say that it's campy in a good way. Needed. Yeah, it is campy in a very good way. Like it's uh, the Foo Fighters uh, move into a mansion in the in the Hollywood Hills to uh, record their uh, 10th album. And Grohl finds himself a little bit too attracted to something that is inside the house (laughs) yes that is like kind of taking him over there and you know it is a fight for your life with the with the band there and i have to say making dave Grohl the villain of this was a genius (laughs) move it really was (laughs) i i have to know does tenacious d make like a they do. They do. Ah, yes. They do show up. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> I also was very impressed by some of the effects they use. Yeah? Yeah. Some of the um, 
the effects coming out of this, I was like, wow, they they took some time on this. Like they really put mm-hmm. some thought into this some one. Good gore. So yeah, I was impressed. Oh, I need to see this. This one, that one is definitely one I'm sitting my ass down to watch. <laughs> that's awesome. yeah i'm glad we got some uh like horror comedy on the list because that's a oh, yeah. a hard line to walk and i think they got the tone pretty well i remember there were a couple of times where i was like oh these guys are not actors and it just feels a little silly yeah but for the most part it was pretty fun yeah that's awesome so for october 16th uh my recommendation is a little bit different it's not necessarily halloween focused but it's monster focused. It's themonsterproject.org. And I'm sure we've heard about it in some variation. Um, But the base of the project is that kids draw monsters. They submit their monsters to this organization. And then the organization sets them up with an artist, an adult artist from all over the world. And the artist recreates their monster for them in their artist style. So you have like the little kid drawing in crayons. And then you have like the big fancy drawing of their monster, like totally flushed out and looking cool with background and blah, blah, blah. Awesome. That's so cool. I know I've seen that before. Like... Yeah. And I didn't know that it was a part of a bigger project. That's awesome. Yeah. They've been doing it for a few years now. It's kind of an um, all year kind of thing. You can submit um, to be an artist at any time. You can submit your kids' drawings at any time. They also have emails that they send out once every two weeks. So it's like a with like drawing prompts and stuff like that. Um, they post the drawings on their Instagram frequently. It's a really great organization. Um, They help to set up so that you can do it at like a school. Like if you've got like you take like your first graders and like your sixth graders or whatever, and they kind of show you how to kind of walk through that process and stuff. That's so cool. Yeah. If you just go through their Instagram and just like look at some of the monster work, like they're so good. There's like different, completely different styles. Every style imaginable. 3D artists, watercolor. So good. It's so much fun. I kind of want to sign up. I know, right? You should totally do it. I was actually <laughs> thinking about you, Jackie, when I was going through the site and I was looking to see like if they take artists. But yeah, they take artists. Like It's always open. Their submissions are always open for artists and for the kid drawings. That's amazing. And I can imagine being a little kid and having your drawing brought to life would be so much fun. Right? That would be yeah. so cool. I would feel so cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's good. It's just a really feel good kind of thing thrown in the middle of the month. Nice. For the 17th, I have some true crime in here. Fun. This is a three-part mini-series on Hulu called Captive Audience. It's a story where it's like the twists and the turns, and I just couldn't believe that all of these things happened to this one family. I'm just going to read the the Hulu description because I feel like they summarized it really well. In 1972, seven-year-old Stephen went to school and never came home. His mother, Kay, struggles to keep the media interested in the case and to hold her family together. Then, after seven years, a miracle. Stephen returns. The media can't get enough of the story and frantically descend on the Stainer home. But this isn't the Hollywood ending it appears to be. Now 14 years old, Stephen struggles to adapt, and his family grapples with life under the media microscope. Stephen's older brother, Carrie, has mixed emotions— Happy to have his brother back, but jealous of how the media has turned Stephen into a hero. When Stephen's kidnapper goes on trial, painful truths are made public, and the media coverage turns 
takes a dark turn, sending Stephen into a downward spiral. Just as he starts to pull his life together with marriage, kids, and a hit TV movie about his story, the Stainers endure another tragedy, and soon they'll be famous all over again for a different reason. Fast forward to 1999, when four women are brutally murdered in nearby Yosemite. Ashley Strainer was 14 years old at the time and recalls being riveted by the months-long investigation until she learns that someone close to home has confessed to the crimes. The story thrusts the Strainers back into the spotlight, forcing us to ask how our appetite for these stories drives a demand the media is eager to satisfy. That's wild. It's just crazy. It's just the twists and the turns. Oh, it's such it's a crazy story. And it also gets into like how the media plays a huge role in like keeping these stories alive, but then also at the cost of exploiting the family. And so the mother really struggles with like, I want to keep everybody interested in this, but then yeah, at, at a huge cost. cost. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And That's then they crazy. get into like all of the trial and everything. It's very, it's, it's an interesting series. Nice. Huh. Hmm. That's a very cool. That's a very cool um, look at that from that angle there. Yeah. Yeesh. Well, let's pivot to something more uh, happy here. <laughs> Definitely not more happy. Um, <laughs> this one's a little bit different. This season, uh, the Stanley Hotel here in Colorado are offering so many fucking cool events that I am like having trouble keeping up with them. Nice. But one in particular... I am fascinated by, and it's, I just got to tell you guys about it. Okay. <laughs> so it's called Dr. Sleepless. And what they're doing is an entire weekend of the No Sleep podcast uh, recording there in the Stanley Hotel. Hmm. They call it a two-day trip into terror at the legendary Stanley Hotel. <laughs> they will be performing live with the cast, uh, with their regular cast, I guess, and featuring live musical score performed by uh, Brandon Boone. In addition to that, they will also have uh, Mike Flanagan, who created, you know, Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, Midnight Mass, and... He has a new one coming out, too. I heard. (laughs) And uh, Kate Siegel who I also is another one that I have like just a massive crush on <laughs> who was in all of those, of course, and also uh, starred in and co-wrote the movie Hush. They will both be there screening the director's cut of Dr. Sleep. Damn. And answering questions about the movie and the inspiration they draw from the haunted Stanley Hotel. Oh, that's cool. I know. This sounds like the coolest fucking party that I desperately want to go to. But it is very expensive. I, I bet. About that. I <laughs> yeah. bet. Holy shit. There, like, it's a, it's an entire weekend thing, and like, there's like cocktail parties with uh, Mike and Kate and the whole fucking no sleep team, and like, it's just a whole fucking experience. It sounds so cool. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, it sounds so good. For October nineteenth, I know we kind of touched on earlier, like, fuck reboots. But Hellraiser, (laughs) I just saw the trailer for it yesterday or the day before, and uh, I know that they have been threatening us with a remake since like 2007, but it's finally coming out this year. And it looks cool as hell. it, It looks so 
good. Okay, so if you are listening to this podcast and you are unfamiliar with Hellraiser, I can't be responsible for how terrible your life is. Like, I will just tell you right now. Obviously, movie is based on the novella by Barker called The Hellbound Heart. The original movie spawned nine sequels, and the reboot is due to be released this year. Barker will be producing it, so he is involved with this new one. And it looks so good. And it doesn't look like a reboot because it's not following the original story, but it it looks so good. Like all the Cenobites look creepy and different and they don't really have that like BDSM club thing to them anymore. Now they're very fleshy looking, which is awesome. Yeah. I'm very excited. And I know a lot of people are upset at the whole pinhead being a woman and blah, blah, blah. And... I don't give a shit. The Hell Priest was, I mean, like all of the Cenobites were sexless. It's, they're just, it doesn't matter what, um, and I th- I think a couple of people have said that the Hell Priest was actually originally a woman, but later on, Barker does refer in some of his other stories, he refers to Pinhead as the cold man. So I think it's just, I don't know. I think it's one of those things that people are just going to be pissy because it's different, but it looks amazing it does look fucking cool. Yeah, I'm super excited for it. So on this day, I'm recommending to binge all the old Hellraisers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because they're all good levels of creepy and cheesy. Recommend Hellraiser as a concept. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So go nuts. Make this day, make October 19th your Clive Barker holiday. <laughs> nice. Amazing. For October 20th, I have a podcast recommendation. It's called Euphemet by Jim Perry. It is a podcast where he explores our relationship to the unknown. Hmm. And there's lots of um, all kinds of creepy, esoteric topics like ghosts and demons and witchcraft and cryptids and aliens. (laughs) They run the gamut of all things paranormal. Um, But he has people... A lot of like one-on-one firsthand encounters and interviews instead of just people retelling the story, uh, people telling it from firsthand experience. And then also Jim Perry is here in Seattle. So that's very fun, too. Nice. Kind of in that same vein uh, for the 21st. uh, This is another sort of weird one. There's an event here in Denver called Spirits and Spirits. Hmm. And it's actually happening on October 22nd. But this is basically a celebration of uh, the Victorian spiritualism uh, movement Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. went through the 19th century, like after the carnage and trauma of westward expansion and the Civil War and Americans were just seeking uh, comfort in the idea of an afterlife that would have contact with them so that they can make contact with their loved ones beyond the veil. This entire event is uh, centered around that. Cool. So this basically will have um, people telling legends from the area. They will tell true stories of hauntings, murder, supernatural instances. Uh, There will be uh, live performances throughout. It's held in a uh, historic park here called Four Mile, and there will be live performances throughout the park. This uh, there will be face painting, and I will mention that uh, this is a twenty-one and up, <laughs> fuck yes <laughs> event. So this is not 
you know, kids face painting. Hell this is, yes. <laughs> this is adult face painting and I'm very excited about that part. For the record, I know that like I know all of us would get our faces painted regardless of. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little uh, spirited sprite search where you can uh, go around this little fabled cottage and like look for fairies Aww. as a scavenger hunt. Yes, please. I know, right? You can make a Victorian coffin plate as a memento mori what? for the evening. Yes. Uh, you can make your own creepy corn husk doll. <gasps> There's a screening and live score of the Phantom Carriage in their wagon barn. There's candlelit tours of the haunted mansion that's there. Like, it's it's sounds fucking crazy. Oh, my God. That sounds so good. It sounds fantastic. And and I'm going to say this and hopefully not jinx myself. There is also what they're calling a, um, a metaphysical marketplace where uh, vendors will be selling curios and unique art and crystals. And you probably see where this is going. Yes. I've been accepted onto this show. Yes. Good job. That's going to be so much fun. That'll be so awesome. Yes. I'm very excited uh, to sell my weird little shit there, especially at an event like this. Oh, my God. It sounds so cool. So That's so good. For the 22nd, or well, it's actually... For the twenty first, but it happens on the twenty second. <laughs> <laughs> it's your prep. It's you got to prep for it. It's your prep day. So drink lots of Gatorade, all that stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> spirits and spirits. That's awesome. So for next day, October twenty second, I actually want to talk about one. What I feel like is one of the most underrated movies, Annihilation. It's such a good movie. Such a good movie, and I understand why it probably didn't rub people the wrong like the right way like i feel like the first time i watched it i had a lot of questions and i was like wait what the fuck just happened but i think it is so good first of all it is so beautiful but it is a very psychological psychologically like heavy movie and um i actually didn't realize it at the time but it's actually based on a book a, a book series in fact there's three books and I've started reading them and they're so it's so much better because obviously like when you're reading it now you can understand like, oh, this is the perspective. This is the, this is why they're making those decisions. Um, it's so good. The book series is so good. Very different from the movie, actually. Hmm. But yeah, both are absolutely if you have not watched Annihilation, the movie, please do. It has one of the scariest movie monsters of all time. <laughs> I will yes. die on that hill. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, definitely read the books. The books fill in a lot of gaps. Like I said, it is very different from the movie, but it's so good. The, they're, yeah, definitely underrated. Definitely deserves way more attention. Very cool. Nice. Well, I have another book recommendation. My favorite thing to read are short stories and horror short stories. And this is a book called Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Machado. So good. And it's so good. It's a, you know, a wide variety of different story topics that are all kind of creepy and um, get into different paranormal themes. The very first one is kind of an exploration of that old uh, from scary stories to tell in the dark or whatever. The um, girl with the green ribbon around her neck. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yes. Um, if she was like at like her growing up and getting married and having a kid and what her life would be like. 
Um, so if that's any kind of indication for like the the horror kind of vibes of it, it's very it's a very good book. Uh, so for the twenty fourth, I have the movie The Wretched. Uh, this is actually on Netflix right now, and I just happened to put it on in the background. Uh, while I was filling out my list here, and I got really sucked into it. Oh, nice. I didn't expect to. I really expected it to be just cheesy and stupid. <laughs> but it's uh, about this uh, teenage kid who moves into uh, this house over the summer near a lake and starts noticing weird shit going on with the neighbor's young child. So he starts to investigate. It pulls him into this entire world of this spirit that is basically haunting the land that he just moved into. Hmm. There is a real sense of lore here. And I, I feel like that was felt uh, very well written into the sense of lore that's there and decent actors, which of course is hard to find in children because <laughs> children are terrible. Yes. <laughs> and really wonderfully creepy effects. Hmm. So this was just like out of, out of the blue. I just randomly clicked on it and um, it's just a really fun little fun watch it's like an hour and a half fun quick watch nice hmm i don't think i've even heard of that one yet yeah me neither well that kind of leads really nicely into my october 25th recommendation i'm actually recommending you follow piper cj on tiktok she has a master's in folklore and she shares the things that she learns and it's amazing Oh, crazy. That sounds so good. Yeah, she is. She The way she tells stories is so good. Uh, I love the way that she sets up a lot of them. Like, yeah, I have I'm a, instead of becoming a lawyer, I have a master's in folklore and I'm here to teach you how to not be killed by vampires. Like her setup is <laughs> so good. Practical knowledge. <laughs> yes. So good. Um, she's actually written a couple of books as well. The uh, one of them's called The... The Night and Her Moon, I think it's called. Um, but she's got a couple of other books. And what I love is uh, one of the books, she uh, she dedicates it to alcohol, manic depression, manic episodes, and something else. And I was like, oh, yeah, nope, I need to, I need to get that book. So I've definitely <laughs> yes. added it to my to-read list. But otherwise, definitely follow her on TikTok. Binge watch the hell out of her channel. She's really funny, really endearing. Very good shit on cryptids, all sorts of stuff. Ooh. I really love her videos. And when I first stumbled on them and I was sharing them with Drew a lot, and I was like, how have I not done a degree in for, uh, folklore? Right? I thought I the same fucking... thing. I was like, where is this? Where are they getting these classes? And why the fuck have I not given all of my money to them? Right? I fucking <laughs> love for, folklore. I, right. didn't, yeah, I didn't need a degree in occupational safety and health. Fucking stupid. <laughs> God. Yeah, she's amazing. I love her TikToks. Oh, Sierra, I'm so excited about your 26th. Oh, yeah, 26th. Very similar to um, you with The Wretched. Uh, this was one that I put on because I was like, well, I need to kind of like fill out my list and this looks interesting. So I was like watching it in the background while I was writing this. And it's called Censor. It's on Hulu. It's about a woman named Enid who works as a movie censor in, I think it's like in the mid 80s when VHS tapes are big. And so she goes and she watches a bunch of like horror, super violent, like slasher movies and things like that um, and decides what to cut out or what the ratings should be. You find out that she has this like, you know, kind of 
secret. She has a secret. She has a questionable past. Something has happened in her past. Something happened with her sister. And she doesn't really remember it. She was there when she was a kid and her sister was taken. And she doesn't remember what happened. She doesn't remember what she saw. But she uh, is reviewing a movie at her work. And the scenes of the movie start to bring back the memories Ooh. of her sister's kidnapping. Yikes. And so then she she uh, dedicates herself to solving the mystery. Interesting. This is one of my favorite recent horror movies because it's like, it's so unique mm-hmm. in terms of horror from the last few years. And it's just, yeah, I, I really enjoy this one. You you do not expect uh, the turns that this one takes. And it's just a lot of fun. Nice. I really loved the color palette and the lighting throughout it. It's very vintagey of the time. It's really funny, too, because, like, everybody's smoking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Another one of my favorites uh, of the past few years is October 27th, and that is the movie Scare Me. And I know I've mentioned this in the past, but I don't remember how long ago. And I know it has not been on any of our... 31 Days of Horror. So now it is. Yeah. So Scare Me was written and directed and produced by Josh Rubin. And he also stars in the movie as well, along with Aya Cash. Dang, talk about overachiever. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it also stars Chris Redd as well, who's fantastic. And if you know me and the things that I like to watch, you know that I fucking love Aya Cash. So that Hmm. like instantly drew me in. But this is... um, basically about a uh, two separate horror writers who go off into cabins to go and write their their next great novel, you know? And then the power goes out and they find each other and start telling each other stories in front of the fire. Huh. And they're encouraging each other to get more and more animated with their stories and to, you know, really commit to those stories they're telling. And the more they do so, the more they like really come alive in the room. And then the pizza guy gets in on it. And it's <laughs> ridiculous fun. fun. It is absurd fun. And it's really just... One of the funniest and most engaging horror movies that I've seen in a while. So for the 28th, I have another comic book recommendation. The Nice House on the Lake, which I think is actually getting a movie adaptation or a TV show adaptation. It's by James Tynion IV and uh, Alvaro Martinez Bueno. I really like this one. Kind of wasn't expecting some of the things in it. Essentially, it's about a bunch of friends get invited to spend what they think is a weekend uh, in a cabin in a woods owned by their friend, which is a pretty typical setup. So I was like, kind of like, meh. But from there, they kind of start realizing some weird things. Uh, each standalone comic book, each one of the characters kind of telling their story about how they how they met their friend Walter, who owns this magical cabin in the woods. Like, it's this huge, amazing cabin. They tell about how they met Walter, some of the weird conversations they had, some of the things that um, they talked about that should have been red flags, and that just kind of follows uh, how their time is spent in this cabin and some of the things that they need to do as they're there. So it's 
cool. And the artwork is good. I like, <laughs> I know comic books are so difficult to, because uh, you have to make visual something that you've created in your brain. And if you don't have a good artist, it can fall really flat and it doesn't. Um, the nice house on the lake, the artwork is amazing. The storytelling is really fun, um, well-paced, uh, like well-balanced in how much time they spend in the past and the present and um, what the characters are like. I like it. Or I actually prefer comic books because they are very fast-paced in their reading. Um, but this one, I, I kind of really wish that we had spent more time with each of the characters. I really like this story. Very nice. Very creepy. Nice house on the lake. Nice. That sounds great. We were on our last three or last round. I know. So the last one on my list is a movie on Netflix called The House. And this is a stop motion animation. And yeah. everything is made out of like felt and fabric. And the textures are all really <gasps> I amazing. I love those. It's so cool. And the stories are kind of almost Twilighty Zone in that like, haha, nice try. And you you shouldn't have, you know, this is how you learn the lesson. Um, <laughs> it's uh, there are three stories that go around the house. And the very first story is about the family. So like this man, he uh, has his rich mother-in-law and family come and visit and they Spend the whole time being like, oh, it's too cold. And, oh, your food is gross and you're not good enough. And so he gets really down on himself and goes out drinking and he goes wandering off into the woods and comes upon this, like, weird architect guy uh, and makes a deal with him where the architect will build him a house for him and his family to live in. And they don't have to pay him for anything. He just wants to, like, do it for the art of making the house and obviously it's too good to be true <laughs> and so they move into this big house and then all this weird creepy shit starts happening nice it's very almost kind of like edward gory vibes a little bit of like that kind of uh like that kind of how he draws people being really miserable looking and uh <laughs> and just that kind of like making fun of something that's really dark you know oh and i nice. love stop animation i think that's just so cool yeah yeah the animation is really fun and for my last one of the month the 30th um i am choosing the witches of eastwick the classic 1987 film <laughs> starring susan sarandon Cher, and michelle <laughs> pfeiffer as rich witches who are captivated with the new man in town played by Jack Nicholson. Classic. This is, I mean, this is one of those movies that I grew up with, you know, and it's just so fun. It's just a lot of fun. It's a lot more fun to watch it as an adult, too. If you haven't watched it in a while. But what made me think about this is, you know, um, I was talking with a friend about uh, the Hocus Pocus uh, sequel. And we're like, you know what would make a great sequel these days is Witches of Eastwick. Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah, I would watch that. I would watch the shit out of that. But yes, in the meantime here, we have the original, which still absolutely holds up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a good classic. That's awesome. I love it. Blue, take us to Halloween. 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 
Uh, so mine is uh, something I have been absolutely obsessed with since I downloaded it. Cult of the Lamb. This is a video game. I downloaded it on my Switch. Um, it looks like it's available on most platforms. It's an action-adventure game developed by Massive Monster, and it's published by Devolver Digital. So you're this cute little lamb, and you are about to be sacrificed in a cult ritual, and a god comes along and says, hey, if I save you, if I spare your life, will you create a cult in my honor and help me kill these other bastard-ass gods that are trying to kill you? in this little ceremony and you say yeah that sounds like a good time yeah obviously and it goes from, <laughs> yeah <laughs> obviously and it goes from there and it's all it's such it's done in a really cute style like you're just like this adorable little lamb and you save other people along the way that are being sacrificed or about to be eaten by this like adorable spider monster or whatever, but you're like, you save these little bunnies and these little deer people and uh, like all sorts of other adorable little animals. And you can make them any color that you want. From there, you have to go and you have to battle these monsters that are gory and gross. And you got to harvest, you know, materials so that way you can feed your colt and you have to build them little houses and and you have to battle these big gods. And it's really cool. I love the artwork. I am massively addicted to it. Like, I don't sit down well at all. And I have lost hours of my life to this game already. <laughs> and it's, it, I just love it. It's awesome. I highly, highly recommend. Really well, just really well done. Really thought out. Well paced. Such a good game. I love it. It is the epitome of cute and spooky. It is. Yes. It's like perfectly cute and spooky. Yeah, like you're this like adorable little lamb, and they like you can do rituals for your cult, and like every time you go to do it, you like rise off off the ground, and like blood pours from your eyes, and your little <laughs> cult members have these like little red robes, and their faces go black, and you can you can decide like the rituals as you go, like do you want to sacrifice your members or do you want them to feel better about when a cult member dies, or <laughs> do you want to marry? one of your practitioners or do you want to sacrifice them all in and get a ton of experience points for it like it's you have choices that you can make along the way to make each like anytime you want to replay the game you can play it differently and the monsters are they just look so fun and kitschy and um it's it's a lot of fun it's really good I think we had a good list, list this we year, did you guys. It. Yeah. The seventh. Yeah. Uh, 31 days. Amazing. Yes. I hope everybody has a fantastic October this year and has a very fun and spooky Halloween. Yes, very much so. Yeah, I like that we've got a really well-rounded list. we got different things to do on different days, things to do, things to read, things to watch, things to listen to. I really dig it. i got some homework to do. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Awesome. Yay. Well, yeah. Jackie, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you online? Yes, I am Jackie the Robot on Twitter and Instagram. And go see Jackie at Spirits and Spirits. Yes. Go buy some shit. (laughs) Blue, what about you? I am on Instagram as Blue Ironworker, and I just downloaded Be Real. And I am Citizen Blue on there. Nice. I haven't tried that one. You'll have to let me know if it's fun. I just heard about it today, so I will see if I know how to work it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Nice. Well, I'm at Sierra Hauk on Instagram. Um, and I'm also going to be doing a little uh, flea market where I'm selling my art uh, in October yes. on the 8th. So if you're in Seattle, come out to the Soto Flea Market. Come say hi and buy stuff. Nice. Hell yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And if you have any other recommendations that you'd like to hear on the show or if you have any topics that you'd like to hear about, please let us know. You can hit us up at Sirens Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and Sirens Pod on Instagram, or you can send us an email at sirens at sirensofscream.com. And until then, everybody stay spooky. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs>